Welcome to Always Searching, the podcast challenging conventional wisdom about health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Lynn Mark. I'm delighted that you're here. Welcome to Always Searching. Our guest is an energy healer, educator, author, radio host, speaker, and intuitive, and the founder of InLight LLC. Welcome to Always Searching, my dear friend, Elaine Gorman. Thank you, Dr. Mark. It's such a pleasure to talk with you always. Elaine, please definitely call me Sarah. We've known each other for many <laughs> okay. years. I was okay, too Sarah. Formal. <laughs> too formal. But I remember the first time I met you. It was in San Diego in 2015. We were at a, a conference on social yes. impact investment and technology. And I remember you coming up to me and saying, hi, you introduced yourself. And then you said, you're going to be offered a really big job and I want you to think about it. Do you remember that conversation? I do. I do remember actually meeting you in in an elevator. (laughs) And I I had seen you speak and I said, I really want to talk to that lady, but I don't know how I can get my way into having a private conversation. And there you were, you and I were the only ones in the, in the elevator. It was perfect. And I remember thinking, so does that mean I should take the position or not take the position? But what was incredible was a week later, I was actually offered a position as medical director of a very large biotech company. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how did this woman know that? And then, you know, advanced about two years forward, I was on my way back to uh, to Washington, D.C. I'd been hiking over the weekend, camping out, and it was sort of one of those changes in life, you know, transformation times and you called me and you said, I think it's time now for you to really build your nonprofit. It's time to build iGiant. Do you remember that conversation? Yes, I do. And I, I took it to heart and I started building it and it's just grown to what it is. So it's truly extraordinary. And, and you have a skill that is not a skill. It's in your DNA. And I want to know a little bit more about you. You know, we've, we've had lots of conversations, but I never really knew sort of how it all began for you. Are you from Michigan? I am from Michigan. I'm born and raised in Michigan and I've lived here my whole life. And if you don't mind, Sarah, I'd like to make one minor correction. It is not a skill that I have. It is a skill that humanity has. Important. And we have been directed and steered away from all of these beautiful gifts that we have yet to really discover and use appropriately that are meant to help us flourish in life. Not to be afraid, not to be corralled, not to be directed by misleading entities, but to really stand in our power as humans while we're alive, because we can only make a difference while we are alive. And so I have really chosen consciously to know that I know so very little. But my curiosity um, makes every day exciting, no matter what it is I'm dealing with. So Elaine, when you were a little girl in Michigan, did you know anything about this gift? As a child, we, you know, there's that innocence and we're often told that we have these incredible gifts. And then as we get older, like you said, life intervenes and then we forget really where we came from. Can you share a little bit about your journey? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, I have to credit my family and my mother um, was brilliant. 
but she would never have been bold enough to say that. She recognized that we were unique individuals. And I am originally number seven out of nine children. Mm. And my mom, our mom, never strove very diligently to make sure that we understood that any opportunity we have is available to us if we take it. And I think that what was a guiding force for her was that I had a brother who was three years older than myself who had Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Mm -hmm. And his body was not cooperative with what his ambitions were. Mm-hmm. And so we were taught to be respectful, but not um, feel sorry for him. And so that meant that we included him in everything because his mind was brilliant and he was extremely creative and extremely talented, actually. But his body was failing him. And so I think I learned by example, actually, mm-hmm. that. We're, we're a family for a reason. And even though at times we would have maybe disagreements or little family mm-hmm. sibling rivalries, mm-hmm. we always were taught to sit down together and talk about what actually happened. And then she would always be the arbiter. She would say, okay, so now what is your choice to do about this? She was brilliant. So, and Unfortunately, my brother died when he was 15 and I was 12. Mm-hmm. And then 14 months later, when I was 13, my mother, our mother died very unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. So um, I was, and, and to this day, I'm so grateful for her guidance. Mm-hmm. And she, she always encouraged us. That was what was unique about her. And therefore, I think is what has been what has been our bond together as a family, and and then as an extended family. As my father remarried when I was sixteen, and he married a widow with seven, so there was eight of us and seven of them, if you can imagine. (laughs) So, um, you know, what I began to see was everyone has challenges, Mm -hmm. but everyone has this beautiful spirit that is here for one reason only, and that is to learn. So in a sense, this beautiful planet is our school. And we have people around us who are teachers, and we're the students, and we're continually learning. Do, do I have that right? Well, first, life is our teacher. Mm-hmm. We, we should be very cautious of those we choose to follow. Important point. By saying, mm-hmm. you know, well, this person is my... Uh, teacher. Life itself is the teacher. And in fact, in ancient um, bodies of knowledge referred to as medicine wheels, Mm -hmm. there was the awareness that the greatest teacher in existence, as far as any human is concerned, is Mother Earth. Because everything is birthed from her. And we are not just having a life, we are life being lived. And so the, the recognition of the fact that we began our life in water, which is substance that is living. And the moment we are born, Sarah, and you know this as a physician, 
the moment you are born, you are encountering a, a second very powerful being known as air. Mm -hmm. And moments before, if you swallowed air, you would drown. Mm -hmm. And moments later, if you were submerged in water, you would, mm -hmm. you would not be able to live. Mm -hmm. So way before we know ourselves to be in existence, life is already supporting us and has done so for millions and millions of years with great skill and diversity and beauty and always, always giving. So I remember a conversation I had with you, it was, I think, around 2016. It was before Trump came in. It was certainly before the pandemic and all our other infectious diseases that we're confronting. And I remember you telling me that Mother Earth is going to sort of course correct. I mean, and we weren't even really talking a lot about climate at the time. Do you remember a bit of that conversation about the role Mother Earth was going to play in our lives? Well, Again, we have to, I, I kind of vaguely remember, but I've had many conversations with people about this, so I can kind of mm -hmm. guess where I was, mm -hmm. where we're steering here, is Earth itself is a living being. And we, just like every human, is no longer the size that they were when they were in utero. They are no longer the size that they were when they were a child or an adolescent and if they're privileged to live long enough, their body is evolving. Mm -hmm. And the earth is also evolving, growing, changing. Um, but we have to understand that when we interfere with natural um, growth and natural changes, then we are going to either create a disruption mm -hmm. or we're going to create a catastrophe. And we have willfully damaged the earth and for profit or for gain or for mm -hmm. whatever foolishness someone believes to be their truth. Mm -hmm. And it affects every life on the planet. So speaking of life on the planet, I think there have been several extinction periods. You know, we always focus on the dinosaurs. It's very graphic in our books. But there have been other periods of time. Mm -hmm. And the question is, are we heading towards that path where there's going to be extinction of humanity, Mother Earth kind of heals itself in a sense, and then we start again? Or do we become like Mars, you know, this arid desert, basically, that had once had water and probably had an environment that sustained life? Well, you know, it's kind of like we have to remember that Earth is like a cell in the body of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. And that there was a time when there's a brilliant book, it's called, I think it's called Worlds in Collision. And it's about what actually happened, or what the theory is that happened, is yes, Mars was a fully functioning planet, but some kind of large object tore through its exosphere. And imagine like popping a balloon, all of a sudden, all of the air and all the resources were vanished in a moment. That is a potential that could happen to Earth. It has, we know it's been struck many times. Mm -hmm. And so the, the thing to look at most is in the very short time that we personally have to live, 
we we can never know exactly what is going to happen. You know, we have earthquakes, we have we have droughts, we have all kinds of things. But first of all, how do we how do we begin to care for ourselves? Because Earth is not doing it to us. She is a part of a large ecosystem. And just like our body immediately goes into our defense when something, uh, a bacteria or a mm-hmm. virus that we right. probably don't even know is happening, right. our body is going into its own protective mm-hmm. defenses. Sure. The earth does too. the same. Mm-hmm. So we have to think of, in the indigenous world, they call it the little big, which means anything that happens in the microcosm happens in the macrocosm and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of step away from the beliefs that the earth is somehow at fault. But instead of saying, what can we do to preserve life? Because someday we will be born back onto this planet if we're given the opportunity to continue to grow. So let's take it down to that microcosm level. You know, we we all talk about facing challenges and stress. You know, we talk about how Mother Earth responds. Can you give us some examples of how you've encountered different stresses and challenges in your life and and how the gifts that you have and that you're aware of have have helped you? And and maybe if they hadn't, what did did you learn from that? Well, I can go back um, to when my mother died. Mm-hmm. I can say that. You were, tw- you were 12 then, right? I was 13. I was 12 13. when my brother died. <clears throat> and I remember the impact, the emotion. I can remember and, and see in my mind's eye when mm-hmm. those words were spoken to me, your mother is dead. Mm. And how the world became very, um, I could only see what was immediately in front of me, literally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as this, these words were spoken to me, my little three-year-old brother was sit, playing on the f- floor in front of me. And my nine-year-old sister didn't really understand what was being said. Mm-hmm. And I realized in that moment, Sarah Lynn, that I had, I had to, in my mind, do whatever I could to help preserve the memory of this extraordinary woman who was our mother. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can imagine this was in, back in 1969. So there was very little conversation with kids about grief. Yeah, you're right. And I would go and sit in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I was born and raised Catholic. And, you know, for years before that, I'd have to go to church all the time. And I, I always <laughs> wondered... Why am I talking to these beings that are not responding to me? Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in the woods yelling, <laughs> like, what are you doing to my life? Mm-hmm. And it was there in the natural world that I started to begin to get deeper insights about how life works. I'm, I'm just imagining you in these woods. What what happened? Did was there a vision? What, did you hear something? Did you think a thought that hadn't been there before? What was that? Was there a moment? I guess I could say there was an ongoing moment that mm-hmm. sitting in nature, I felt comfort, mm-hmm. 
And I looked around me and saw that life is very steady. And that we could be sure that as the seasons changed, that new seeds would be able to merge from the ground. And yeah. that little baby Continuity. animals would be born. Mm-hmm. And, Continuity. and not only that, that death is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And I knowingly or unknowingly wanted to um, experience awareness. And I would have never had this language back then. Mm-hmm. But to be, to attempt to be an observer without being a judge. Mm-hmm. So that I could see the wounds. I remember very clearly my dear group of friends walking into the funeral home towards me. Mm-hmm. And I could see the terror on their faces. Sure. Because I could read their minds almost. If this can happen to Elaine, this can happen to right. me. Right. Right. And so um, it was a, it solidified the importance of respectful living to me and honoring who we are and not to waste time on stupid things. <laughs> Which we all do. And, and over the years, I have been very fortunate since I began this work 25 years ago to stand at deathbeds, to stand in an operating room, to stand in a pre-op and post-op, or, or be it present at the birth of a child, my grandchildren. Almost, and actually my daughter almost died in front of me because she had a placenta abruption. Oh, yeah. And, the, and the doctor said, she walked up to me later and she said, I don't know what you just did but we could have very easily watched your daughter die. Mm. And I knew in that moment that the bond that I had with my child had to be strong enough to help her want to stay. Was it a conscious effort on your part? or was Well, I was it doing just... healing. Absolutely. She asked so... me to come to the, to the okay. delivery room for healing, but I had no idea what was going to happen, of course. So... Help me understand when, when you say that, you know, as a doc, when someone says, I need you to heal me, I go and I prescribe something or I stitch up something or I do something. But when we're talking about that sort of intuitive spiritual healing that you're discussing and, and describing, can you tell us a little bit more? I mean, how, how do you do that? What's happening? As a physician, you cannot heal someone. Only their body can. You can stitch a wound. You can mm-hmm. set a bone. You can mm-hmm. remove a tumor. Mm-hmm. But the moment you walk out of that door, you didn't have any more healing power than you did before <laughs> they knew you. Mm-hmm. But what we forget and what we are, do not know is how, what is the mechanism that is allowing us to discern who we are in relation to life? So we are spirit that is born into, into life. And to be born, we require a physical vehicle the physical body yeah that is the body Mm -hmm. that has an intelligence that you and i will never understand Mm -hmm. but we are given guidance and that guidance is in the form of our sensory perceptions that we 
often misinterpret as our emotions. Our emotions are our energy in motion. They're signals coming to us that we do not know how to discern their meaning. Mm-hmm. So we become victims of our reactions rather than learning how to discern the signal of our emotion like this is not a good place for me to be or Mm -hmm. this relationship is not what it appears to be, which we know internally, especially as women. That doesn't mean men don't have it, but women have an internal knowing that men do not have. Why is that? Because we can feel life in our body. We can feel our own ovulation. We can feel things. Mm -hmm. And so that is intuition means information within you Mm -hmm. that is genuine and and not um, manipulated. And so when we understand that our emotions are information, then they no longer become our wounds. They become our guidance. Mm-hmm. And then we can learn to use a very sophisticated thing that is a part of our being that is called our mind, not our brain, our mind. And so as a physician, if you knowingly, if you're taking care of a client who is repeatedly abusing drugs, as an example, you putting them on whatever thing is going to get the drugs out of their system is going to do nothing other to change their choices. Mm-hmm. What has to change is their belief about themselves. And so that is what I have discovered is when we don't know how powerful we are mm-hmm. as human beings and the, and the potential that lies within every one of us or that resides within every one of us. Mm-hmm. then we, we will f- try to find this knowledge elsewhere. Right, you look outside. But if, if you have no direction, you will try to satiate your pain rather than to understand what is the cause of your pain. So going, let's say, let's give the example of your daughter. She, was she conscious while she was going through what she yes. was going through? Yes. And then were you able, almost, and again, forgive the words, I don't have the lexicon, but was it like telepathy? I mean, how were you no, able? I just knew that I had to keep her calm. But so you knew that inside, and, and what were you doing to help her heal? Okay, so energy is this beautiful, so think of your knowledge as a physician. Mm-hmm. We are neurological beings. A neurological impulse is an electrical impulse. Mm -hmm. We know through the laws of physics that any electrical signal creates a magnetic field. It's called an immutable law, the the law of electromagnetism. Okay. So if, if we understand that every single cell in the body needs information, then we need to be 100% charged with information. So we live on a living, breathing generator. It's called Earth. She even has poles, North Pole, South yes, Pole, that yes. creates <laughs> this current of energy that moves in and around and through the Earth. Mm-hmm. Her energy field is called the Taurus. 
And we, we understand this because of its gravitational pull. Magnetism is gravity. Mm-hmm. So my opportunity in that moment, in any moment that I'm being healing, is to make sure that there is sufficient energy in that person's body to do the functions that body is designed to do. So I make sure that my body is open, like I, my job is to be the conduit or the, the uh, jumper cable from the energy of the earth to whomever it is I'm working with. And I know, and I believe, and I teach this to people all over, that I am a healer 100% of the time. This is not a job. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. So I could be driving down the road. And if my energy is sufficiently high and they, I move by somebody who's dealing with road rage, the laws of physics are such that their energy will entrain to try to match whatever's the highest frequency and they will calm down. They don't even understand why. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you have a blood vessel that is occluded, mm-hmm. you know that all of the tissue around it is eventually become necrotic, which means dying. Right. But if you open that blood vessel, then there is the potential to heal the damage. The body knows how to do that. So it's like if I could, in that moment, be calm enough that her blood pressure would stabilize, she's going to lose less blood. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's not rocket science. It is... But we we thrive on trauma and drama. Mm-hmm. So as, uh, and I know that you have studied endocrinology, every, mm-hmm. every thought we have creates a chemical response. Mm-hmm. It's true. So if we are perpetually in a state of stress and de-stress. And <laughs> Which we at, all are these days. But we don't have to be. Yeah, so we choose us. it. We choose it. And... Every choice we make has a physical, physical, emotional, and psychological reaction. So as an example, if I were to say to you today, Sarah, right now I want you to imagine that you're biting into a cold, juicy lemon. Mm-hmm. What just happened in your mouth? Secretions. It's just did, you ac- did you actually bite into a cold, juicy lemon? No, I did not. Can your body tell the difference? No, it cannot. So whether you're experiencing something actually or you're reliving something over and over again, you're maintaining a particular level of uh, your endocrine system's hormonal response. And so if we're perpetually thriving on gossip or whatever it happens to be and we listen to this nonsense of foolishness Mm -hmm. then we will waste our life away i choose not to do that because i know that life can end very quickly life can change very quickly unexpectedly and often irrevocably i don't want to waste my time on foolishness so elaine we're living in a w- pretty wild time. I mean, we've had, you know, pandemics, war, crazy political situations, social unrest, climate 
change galore. I mean, the list can go on and on. And then on the personal level, you know, people are experiencing so many different types of traumas, whether it's economic or physical, whatever it might be. So how does one consciously then say, okay, all this stuff's going around me, but I need to get centered. I need to raise my vibration level. How do you do that? Okay. I'll give you a very simple, it's ridiculously simple, honestly. I'd love that. There are very important areas of the body that are called chakras. Mm -hmm. So the word chakra is often misunderstood. It is a Sanskrit word that means wheel of light. And what that means is there are areas in the body that can assimilate and move energy through the nervous system. But just like you have to be able to grasp a piece of food, food to put it in your mouth, Mm-hmm. before it can become a part of your metabolism. There is a information that has to be received in. So the chakra system is helps to move energy through every part of the body, literally at the speed of light. Because a neurological impulse is a jump of light mm-hmm. from one neuron to the next. But its sophistication is so great, Sarah, that our body... Our cells, our atoms, have to be intelligent enough to know how to extrapolate its information from that little jump of light and know what its signal means. So the easiest way to do it is to, I ask people to, I kind of give them a little guided tour, if you will, of how to do this, and then eventually they can just do it automatically. Mm Mm-hmm. But I just ask people to sit with their feet flat on the floor. Okay, I'm going to do that now. With your hands comfortably on your lap, with your finger, with your palms down, your fingers facing your knees. Okay. And close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you cannot get this wrong. Okay. It is impossible for you to get it wrong. So imagine that you could invite your body to follow what is called a command. Just like I, com- I gave your body a command to act as though you just bit into a lemon. So imagine, if you would, that the tips of your fingers and the tips of your toes are open as if they were like straws. So whatever your body is complete with using can leave your body as effortlessly as if it were an exhalation. Hmm. But out of your fingers and toes with the assistance of gravity helping to pull it back towards the earth. The earth is this great transmuter that has the capacity to transform our carbon dioxide into oxygen, our waste material into beautiful, good black earth, Mm -hmm. rich, healthy earth. It's Mm -hmm. constantly doing this. And I would like you to bring your attention to the arches of your feet. And imagine that the, at the arch of each foot, you could see in your mind an area that looks like the closed lens of a camera. And imagine you could watch these two camera lenses, like an old-fashioned camera lens, slowly begin to dilate. And then when it gets to the full dilation, it remains open. And just for a moment, Sarah, tell me what you feel in your body. Don't open your eyes because I don't want you to be distracted by anything you're looking at. I'm feeling a little bit lighter. Okay. I'm feeling um, a little less stressed. Okay. I am feeling, I think, just a little more calm. Is there any sensation that you're aware of? Um, I have sensation in my gut. 
And what is the sensation, please? Oh, it's um, it's actually tight. That's the okay. one part. It's tight. The rest okay. is calm, but this, the gut is not. Okay. Give your body permission to allow this energy to move effortlessly through your body. And tell me what happens. I actually feel um, like vibrations in my hands right now. Okay. So does it kind of feel tingly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it does. Yeah, so, it does. Interesting. Okay. So this is, you just got grounded. So imagine <laughs> that your two feet, uh-huh. to use an analogy, are like two prongs of a plug that just plugged into an outlet. Yeah. The moment you you make the connection with a plug into an outlet. Right. And the electricity moves along the wire. You do not need to direct it. And that is the only way you can turn on the lamp or the appliance or whatever it happens to be. Your body needs to have this open at the bottom of your feet. And as soon as that energy, as soon as that chakra is open, the energy moves through your body effortlessly. So imagine it's like your your body is analogous to your cell phone getting charged. But the sophistication of what the body is capable of starts to move through from the central to the peripheral to the autonomic nervous system, and everything starts to hum along. So you will feel an immediate, often people will feel um, a tingling sensation. Mm -hmm. So the tingle is this electrical impulse stimulating the nerve endings and waking them up. And then it starts to move to the peripheral system, peripheral nervous system. And then what's fascinating is that people always say, well, I feel lighter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because right. so imagine anyone can, can remember a day when they went to bed at night and they felt great and they wake up in the morning and they feel like they got a bug of some kind. Right. And it is, laborious to get your body out of bed Mm -hmm. your body mass did not change your energy changed so you still have to move the 125 pounds (laughs) but you only have enough energy to move 50 but you still have to move 125 so it is it is an arduous task but when we when your body also when your body is getting everything it needs it feels good because there is no fighting for what is going to be uh, most dominant. And as a physician, I'm sure you've seen it many, many times. If someone has a trauma, all of their peripheral, their, their ability to hear, see, feel, move is shut down so that their vital organs mm-hmm. can receive all of yes. the blood and information right. because the body knows how to preserve life. You don't mm-hmm. need to be able to think to live. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be able to speak or, or hear or move, mm-hmm. right. but you need the vital organs. Right. So the reason you want energy to move up into your body from your feet is because the base of our health is our immune system, and the base of our immune system is our blood. And our blood is made principally in our bones the long bones in particular. Mm -hmm. So the tibia, fibula, femur, and then pelvic girdle is a massive factory for blood products. If you do not have the capacity to make healthy blood and therefore move oxygen and nutrients to your system, throughout your system, then the body certainly cannot remove gases and waste. And 
So to be grounded means to recognize that you are an electromagnetic being living in an electromagnetic world. And when you are more consistently grounded, then those things that we call quote-unquote gifts are naturally functioning. It is intuition. It is sensory perceptions. It is ability to see what others miss, hear what others ignore. Because you're, you're on full, you're, you're fully functioning. And okay. we live in a world intent on unplugging every one of us. Because it's all about manipulation and control. And yes, we're in trying times, but this has happened cyclically over and over and over again. The rise and falls of civilizations. Because we have allowed foolishness to direct us. Yes, many, many times people have had the wisdom of saying, okay, the, at this time, the water is um, becoming less and less. Move from this location. Don't stay there and try to live in a place where drought is going to be. Mm -hmm. We know that in Egypt, for instance, the Nile Valley was at one time extremely lush. And, but the earth changes. So humans have to change, but we don't. So we create a lot of our own problems. And that is so true. We, we certainly do as we see today. And yeah. you're absolutely right that as we look through history, we see the, the ebbs and flows and the tides. Yes. Elaine, so you, you these, have given us an absolute master class here. Well, thank you. And my hope is, as, as being 66 years old, I want <laughs> to live the remainder of my life helping people understand how incredibly wonderful it is to be alive. And that this is the greatest school we will ever encounter. And if we don't stop being naughty students, <laughs> then we're going to waste this very, very beautiful time. And as a mother, as a grandmother, as a sister, I hope to help people understand just how incredibly beautiful our body is and how it strives to keep us alive. But we have to learn how to understand what we're experiencing. So just this morning, I was talking with a dear friend who is in law enforcement. And the challenge that is witnessed in all of our major cities is that children in particular are so... Um, not nurtured. They are there that money has become the most dominant and important thing. And our future generations are failing because we have failed. A child does not pick up a gun without having seen someone else do that. Mm -hmm. A child does not eventually become a rapist unless they have witnessed it or experienced it themselves. We are responsible for that. And so it is my hope to work with people in medicine, and I work with individuals all the time, but to really help us reframe how we think so that we can actually use the quote-unquote gifts that life itself has given us. 
and to not waste it. Because it, that's, it is such a, you know, Sarah, when I first began this work 25 years ago, I was very privileged to work in hospice. And I, every day, nearly every day, I was with the dying. And the most awful thing I ever saw was someone who was dying in what they called spiritual terror, mm-hmm. which is a hospice term which kind of is not really used in the medical vernacular because many people in medicine don't even want to talk about death. But it is when someone realizes that they're literally at death's door and they blew it. Mm-hmm. They have been unkind. Or mm-hmm. the other extreme of that is someone who has been so religiously directed that they believe that there is a heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. And the reality is they have made their own hell. And there is no turning back. So my hope is to help people heal before they get to that point. So that we can really begin to negate the incredible challenge that the medical world sees by stress-induced illness, which is probably 90% of what people see. It is very true. And like you said, we often create our own hell, but yet we're all exquisite stardust from the beginning of time. And we are love if we allow that to happen. Elaine, I wish we had more hours and we definitely will have to have you back. You've provided some, some very powerful lessons for all of us, how to live, how to, to enjoy, how to find joy in the midst of everything that we are encountering on a day-to-day basis, but most importantly, to, to love oneself. I want to thank you so much. The gift that we got today was to spend time with you. And I want to thank Thank you you. so much for being with us. Well, I want to thank you. And I do hope to have many opportunities to help people see who they really are and to embrace what this life is really about so that we can become one tribe once again. And that's our hope as well. And until next time, we're always searching. Thank you so much for listening to Always Searching. Please share it with your community. This podcast was produced by Noah Jones and hosted by me, Dr. Sarah Lynn Mark. Until next time, we're always searching.